Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can reach out to us at rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. You can also find us on social media, Facebook and Twitter, our only two social media accounts, and of course on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. You'll find our full free show archive there on the website when you listen to those shows for free or you stream them or download them either way we get paid for that so you keep us on air that way i really would appreciate if you go listen to the show download it leave us a review on any of the apple like radio podcast players or directly there on apple and of course if you're not a subscriber to the show the ad free show you can do so at aftermath.media you get a lot of other cool perks you can subscribe to the premium option you get clyde lewis's ground zero as well where i imagine many of you are coming from tonight And I appreciate you at least testing the waters of the secret teachings, if that's what you're doing. Maybe you just didn't get a chance to turn your stream off yet, but you are here. I am here. We are here. And tonight on the show, I think I have a really fascinating and interesting subject for you. It is the passion of not the Christ, but the passion of the president. You know, the passion of the Christ, you know, that story probably Most of us, even if we're not Christians, we know the Christian mythos or the Christian lore. The Passion of the Christ is the story of Jesus Christ's arrest, his trial, and his suffering. It ends with his execution by crucifixion, and of course he then resurrects from the grave and then ascends to heaven. And this story is something that probably physically happened. I believe that this story to some degree physically happened, but I think that more so it is an allegory or a metaphor. I think it relates to the sun and the rotation of the planet and the four seasons and the four points of the cross that make up the wheel of the year, your solstices and your equinoxes. It just so happens to be along with many other gods throughout human history and various cultures, around the time of the spring equinox, a lot of gods are born or a lot of gods are resurrected. And that's because a lot of gods here on earth are really anthropomorphized versions of the sun. And so then we have this discussion and debate about what does the word sun or the words son of God mean And I think that there's a lot of interpretation. The son of God, if you're a son of God, everybody is a son of God, an S-U-N of God, because you are an extension, kind of like a droplet of water in the ocean, an extension of spirit. And that is you, the spirit, the soul, the seat of emotions, your intuitions, your higher self. You are a son, S-U-N, of God. And then, of course, we can also be sons and daughters of God, S-O-N, and then daughters of God as well children of God. It's, of course, symbolic. It represents that we are kind of like the the sheep. We are kind of like the cattle. And Jesus, or God, is kind of like the shepherd who takes care of us and hopefully doesn't lead us to the slaughter, although there are many who come in the guise of Jesus to lead us to the slaughter. 
So that is the passion of the Christ, and it's also the passion of, well, astronomy, because most of it takes place up in the heavens. Now, one person who really, really broke this down so well is the late Jordan Maxwell. And I've heard people say the best things about Jordan Maxwell, but I've also heard people say really nasty things about Jordan Maxwell because they believe that he was this anti-Christian. I can tell you firsthand, because Maxwell was a friend of mine, Maxwell was not an anti-Christian. Maxwell even loved uh, holidays. He enjoyed Christmas. He I'm not sure how he felt about Easter, but he enjoyed the holidays. He wasn't a Christian, but he was very well versed on the Bible and very well versed on, let's call it, external biblical narratives of, of all religions. And that's kind of how I see myself. I'm not a Christian, but I appreciate the holy or holy days. Uh, I'm not a pagan or a Wiccan, but I, you know, I, I appreciate uh, directly the solstices and the equinoxes and the midpoints between them. And I'm not a, a contemporary political commentator, but I appreciate when there are things that happen in contemporary politics and media news that can be attributed with the general idea of history repeats itself, that can be attributed to history in terms of an association, something kind of repeating itself, and can also be, therefore, aligned or associated with something that's more esoteric or occult. And a good example of this is that Covington school shooting that happened recently and how as the school shooting happened and you have the the address of the school and a couple of the the adults who died, uh, all of the, the hill and peak, hill and peak. And this reminds me of Mount Sinai, Uh, It might not sound like there's any kind of comparison there between the names of the victims and the name of the road the school was located on. But the shooting began around 10 a.m. and we had the deaths of these children. We've also had out here in Arizona the strange death of multiple babies that just stopped breathing. And it makes us think of the the Passover, uh, the 10th plague, the taking of the firstborn. And when you get all of these sort of biblical, uh, religious-like narratives that, and of course, the covenant is covenant school, the covenant between God and man, Ten Commandments, Mount Sinai. That's that's where we get this idea from. That's where I get the idea from for uh, the things we've been discussing here on the secret teachings. When you get these kind of biblical, religious, theological narratives that parallel, and perhaps it's just a coincidence that parallel contemporary things. If it's not, if it's not a coincidence. Uh, and it's my opinion that there are certainly powerful people that are preying on religious beliefs, um, pop culture narratives, etc., to sort of convince the public that things are happening that might not otherwise be happening. Like, for example, uh, the rise of King Charles to the throne, uh, the death of a pope and the death of a queen, the deterioration of the executive of the United States to kind of convince you that the whole world's falling apart. We need to have a reset, quite literally a great reset. And we need to, as we reset this whole system and build it back better, we can do so with a unified collectivized system. You might call that communism. You might call that fascism. You might call that whatever. For a lot of Christians, they would see that as the end times. They would see that as not being able to go 
onto a plane and fly to another country without a vaccine passport, not being able, at least for a couple of years, to be able to even go to the grocery store unless you wear a mask or you stand a certain way in the store and stay six feet from people. Of course, the idea that it goes beyond health and medicine and forcing you to do physical things, but the idea that like mentally, you're not allowed to think uh, outside of what is the prescribed narrative. If you don't agree with what the mainstream and all of its power suggests, and that power is illusory, of course, what it suggests is reality, then you might as well have taken the mark of the beast because you are ostracized from society. You are called names and really nasty, vicious names that don't usually make any sense. And this is what Christians, I mean, especially the more hardcore Christians, have been worried about and concerned about for eh, forever, really forever. And uh, Christians in America, you know, we we see we read books and we see, you know, movies like Left Behind and about the rapture. And then what happens? What does the there's actually a new Left Behind movie that uh, I think either just came out or is coming out. And uh, I think I watched the preview. I actually might watch the movie. It doesn't scare me anymore. Like when I was a kid, it terrified me. But I think it's about like it's about the rapture, of course. And then like the president or something, they decide to create this like one world currency type digital identification system. I only I only it was like a two minute preview. So I don't remember. And I watched it maybe a week or so ago. But it was something like that. And of course, that is mirroring what is happening in contemporary times. Uh, you know, Panera Bread has the the handprint now, uh, biometrics that they're going to be using at most of their stores. Uh, a number of countries are dropping the petrodollar. We have the Vatican that has called for, uh, multiple popes have called for a world currency, uh, the absolving of borders, uh, the dissolving of religions. Uh, and these kinds of things, they sound apocalyptic. And I mean, if you're in your right mind, and, and maybe if you're not in your right mind, uh, you, you need to think about this in a way uh, to realize uh, that the the whole concept, the whole idea of turning individual by you as a person, but also as a country, a state, to a singular control system, how how does that make the world a better place? It actually will just on the surface you can, you imagine what it's what it's like when uh you know uh, people misunderstand what the the law is that protects the average person you misunderstand what the law is what you know your governor or your mayor can do people misunderstand that and think they just have unilateral authority well now like to blow that up to a global system and the only way that you could resist a global system like that is w- w- truly with violence which is what that system wants because it creates a perpetual cycle cycle of fear and anger and aggression and war and conflict very orwellian very 1984 uh also very huxleyan which is a whole other piece of this with uh, children everybody drugged and children born in hatcheries because nobody wants to have kids anymore uh we're moving toward this but the question really is not so much the people that deny that this is happening and the people that believe that it's happening the question is how much of it is real that's the question i have how much of this is real how much of the the weird parallel between King Charles and Prince William and the Red Dragon and the Beast of Revelation, how much of that is real? Or is that just coincidental, like the mark of the, uh, the beast's head that causes the, the beast to have this head trauma and then recovers? Uh, Prince William had the same thing. 
And of course, Prince William born on the summer solstice, King Charles's crest, you know, the, the red dragon gives the lead. This is exactly what Revelation says. The dragon gives the beast his power, maybe abdicating the throne, giving it to Prince William. Of course, William is Bill. Bill is an old name for the devil. How much of that is real? It's not paranoia. I can't imagine that it's coincidence, but I don't necessarily think it's real in terms of the fulfillment of prophecy. I think that what we consider to be prophecy, the story of the passion of the Christ, a lot of these things are metaphoric. A lot of these things are allegories. A lot of these things are symbols. But people believe them to either be totally fictitious, the more atheistic crowd, and some people believe them to be absolutely true, the more very Christian right-leaning crowd. And I think that the reality of, of the situation is somewhere in the middle. I think that there are really powerful people who understand, even if you don't believe in the passion of the Christ, even if you don't believe in Armageddon, you still know about it. You're still aware of it. And you mock it and you joke about it. So both sides agree that it's a real thing, a real idea at least. Some think it's real, some think it's not real. You know, the end times, mark of the beast and all that, the rise of the Antichrist, etc., I think that powerful people are utilizing those two polarizing, uh, opposing, perceptually opposing beliefs in terms of this larger theological, uh, religious-like narrative to convince people that these kinds of things are happening, even if they're not really happening, though philosophically you could say, well, if they are happening, even if they're they're manufactured and artificial, that's still the fulfillment of prophecy. But is it a self-fulfillment of prophecy? It is a self-fulfillment of prophecy that, you know, when we define prophecy, we're talking about metaphor and allegory. We're talking about things that internally happen, like a, a second coming of Christ, which is the realization or the rebirth of consciousness in the brain, in the head, in the mind. Is it something that's physical? Is it something happening inside of you? Is it external? These are all really important questions and really important things and concepts to to ponder. I think powerful people are using these ideas to convince Christians, even Muslims and Jews, that the end of the world is coming, that all things are going to be destroyed, and that the ashes can be a base for the construction of, of a new world. You know, and and that new world, that that new kingdom, God will build this new kingdom. That new kingdom will not be the new kingdom of God. It will be the kingdom of the perpetually ruling uh, concept or idea that is the Antichrist. See, the system, I think, wants people to think that Armageddon and the apocalypse and the rapture and all this stuff is very real to some degree to convince them to just go along with it. Don't resist it because Jesus will save you in the end. The thing is, Jesus is not coming back to save you because that kind of thing is inside of you. It's internally. And when you just give in to the demands of the major corporations, the major banks, and the psychopathic eugenicist elitists like Klaus Schwab, when you give in to that, you are turning over. You are sacrificing the self. You're basically turning Jesus over to the Romans. You're betraying Christ by betraying yourself, by betraying your family, by betraying the things that mean something and matter. That makes all of us Judas. That's what the system is doing. The system is forcing us to believe this is real, to just give in and give up because Christ will save us. But the irony is, and the deception and the trick of the devil is, you're betraying Christ by giving in. That Christ that is internal. 
that Savior that is internal. Somewhere in the subconscious, I imagine Christians probably believe when we just give in to this, in the end, because they believe one thing or another, it will all be okay. And even if they have to face the guillotine and have their head chopped off, they will live with eternal life in heaven and everything will just be all right. And God will reestablish his kingdom on the earth. The problem is the kingdom that is being established is a kingdom of, well, the very opposite of God, the very opposite of Jesus, the very opposite of all the positive good things that people imagine when they think about God and Christianity, etc. This is a really th- a powerful thing, I, I feel, and something I really, really want to share with you. Uh, these are the things that I think about, and then I try to work them into a show because, in my opinion, I feel that I need perspective. And bringing you ideas like this helps me to gain perspective because I have to, I'm trying to think of something new to bring to the show. And so I have to think and let ideas come to me naturally uh, so that I can, you know, try to be unique in my uh, presentation and my analysis and my observation of what's happening in, in the world. And so what is happening in the world? Back in mid-March, former President Donald Trump said he expected to be arrested on uh, that Tuesday back in mid-March, mid to late March. CNN reported on March 19th, Trump thought he was going to be arrested within hours. Turns out that was not true. He was not arrested within hours. That does not stop, though, the artificial intelligent algorithms and the artificial intelligent AI art generators because of prompts put in by humans from creating Donald Trump mugshots. Mugshots of the president after he was not arrested, but after he was indicted. Images also flooded the internet of Trump's arrest, even though he had not been arrested. He was not put in handcuffs. He was not taken in front of a camera and uh, you know did not have a mugshot. But despite that, there are images of Trump with a mugshot. It's not just like really bad, cheaply done, crappy uh, Photoshop. These are AI-generated images of Donald Trump being arrested, Donald Trump having mugshots. The fact is, he wasn't put in handcuffs, though, wasn't put in a jail cell, didn't get a mugshot, pleaded not guilty yesterday, and then was released. Now, originally, people had said the indictment means, I mean, there are a lot of really vicious, nasty angry and dumb people in the world, as most of you and all of you, I think all of you know that. And these are the kinds of people that thought, because they're really stupid and they don't really care what facts are or what reality is, they think indictment means execution. They think indictment means arrested in handcuffs and then put into the back of a squad car and driven off into the night, thrown into a jail cell and given like, you know, bread and like with maggots on it or something. That's, that's not what happened and that's not what's going to happen. But we had this weird series of events, especially with these AI-generated images, that almost feel as if they are prompting. Humans put props into the machine. The machine then props because art mimics reality. Reality mimics art. The machine then prompts reality to manifest and to create the same thing. So Trump wasn't arrested back in mid-March. He was later indicted, which is just a formal 
uh, declaration of charges. And when he was indicted, these images come out of his arrest, but he wasn't arrested. And then a few days later, the AI generators create Trump mugshots, even though, again, he was not arrested. He turned himself in, I guess you could say. He just turned himself in. Uh, he just walked. He walked into uh, the Manhattan uh, district attorney's office and uh, said, uh, I'm not guilty. In essence, he wasn't cuffed. He wasn't put in front of a camera. And then he was, you know, he pleaded not guilty. And he left. And that was it. And that's not what the mainstream media implies with their headlines and their sensational postings on social media, sensational stories on TV. You know, there are other things that people should be concerned about. Uh, the indictment of a former president is certainly something to be concerned about, probably not for the reasons that the Democrats, the Republicans think that you should be concerned about it. But of course, the secret teachings being what the secret teachings are, I thought that it's kind of strange that this is happening during the Passion Week. I'm not the only one who thinks this. In fact, a lot of left-leaning news articles have suggested the same thing. Vice News reported, who had it worse, Trump or Jesus Christ? In mega world and Christian nationalism circles, many Trump supporters see his imminent arrest as eerily similar to the uh, crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Here's another one. This is from The Intercept. Donald Trump's Holy Week indictment is an anti-Christian parable. Here's another one. This is from Salon. You know, these are the these are the really disgusting publications. Salon and Vice are just terrible. Treating Trump like Jesus, indictment proves MAGA is a cult. And of course, the biased justice system, very biased justice system, very provably biased justice system, is that is targeting uh, the former president. This very biased justice system, interestingly, is being organized largely by, by Democrats. The Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who do you think employs him? It's not the people. And people like Alvin Bragg, you know, their political affiliation is, you know, symbolized by what? By a donkey. And I can't help but think it's kind of strange that a donkey or an ass, is precisely what Jesus rode on Palm Sunday. Jesus rode on a tiny little donkey. Maybe not too tiny, but usually the depictions show it. little tiny donkey. Uh, and he uh, you know, began his trip to Jerusalem. Uh, the triumphal entry on Palm Sunday. People laid down the palm leaves. So that's kind of weird. The donkey, the Democratic Party, sort of paving the way for Trump to fulfill this very Christian, uh, I guess you could say very Christian, uh, parallel Christian prophecy. And that's, that's something I want to talk about in detail tonight. A lot of people are saying in the, ma in the mainstream media, this is proof cr uh, Christians are in a cult. This is proof people see Trump as Jesus Christ. Well, the people that are saying that also need Donald Trump. His numbers have skyrocketed over all of his opponents. More people support him now than before the indictment. Why do you think that is? Because as I've said before, the system needs Donald Trump. He is their ace in the hole for establishing, well, their tyrannical authoritarian state and dissolving the last remaining freedoms that you have as Americans. 
I'll tell you more about that tonight as well in The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. From parahistory and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Hello folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. I hope you find it enlightening. So I probably shouldn't have to say it again, but I will say it for anybody who's newly listening to The Secret Teachings. I am not a Republican. I am not a Trump supporter, certainly not a Democrat, and absolutely not a Biden supporter. But when the biased and corrupt double standard holding Democratic Party operatives finally got former President Donald Trump indicted, and he went yesterday and pleaded not guilty to dozens of counts of well, what they want to be felonies, what should be misdemeanors, what they want to be felonies to put him in prison for up to four years, reportedly. It came during one of the most important religious time frames in the world, that is Passion Week. Even a lot of left-leaning liberal publications have pointed this out. Vice News and Salon and others have pointed out that a lot of Christians see that the indictment or the potential arrest. He, he wasn't arrested. He won't be arrested in the same way uh, that, that you know, a, even a white-collar criminal will be arrested and have a mugshot taken, etc. Uh, but when the left-wing news outlets realized the same thing I realized, they published articles against Salon, Vice, and others suggesting that Christians are part of a cult who believe that Donald Trump is essentially the reincarnation of Jesus Christ or the second coming of Christ, 
and he is here to save them. And so they see that during Easter week, during the Passion Week, the Passion of the Christ, Donald Trump is essentially playing the part of Jesus as he is turned over, although he turned himself over, he is turned over to the Roman authorities. He is indicted. He is charged. Again, another word people don't fully understand what that means. He's charged, and he is put on public display for crucifixion because that's what the media is doing. That's what the Democratic Party is doing. That's what some parts of the Republican Party are doing, and which also should make people on the right scratch their heads why their party also feels similar to Donald Trump when you have successive presidents who are clinical psychopaths to George Bush's, uh, a different kind of psychopath than Bill Clinton, a rapist, uh, people like uh, Barack Obama, who, who was a smooth-talking psychopath. And then, yeah, Trump is an egotistical, narcissistic, uh, I don't want to say maniac, but he also really loves America, and that's probably one of the reasons that the state and the military-industrial complex, who greatly benefited from Donald Trump, though the military-industrial complex has a, has a lot to lose because of Donald Trump, because he tried to broker peace deals as well. Uh, that's why they put him on public display for crucifixion. And just as Jesus triumphantly rode an ass into Jerusalem, support for Donald Trump dramatically increased. Just like I told you it would, I'm not predicting the future. It's just very obvious that the media needs Donald Trump. Everything Joe Biden has done since he got in office has been blamed on Donald Trump. It's all Donald Trump's fault. All of it's Donald Trump's fault, except for the emergency orders. That is something that Joe Biden has continued to extend and that's a really positive and good thing. And they don't give any credit to Donald Trump. And of course, Republicans don't want to talk about it. Donald Trump's the one that instituted those emergency orders. So keep that in mind. But just as Jesus triumphantly rode in on an ass into Jerusalem, fulfilling a prophecy, Donald Trump triumphantly can wave around the fact that his numbers are dramatically increasing over both Ron DeSantis and over Joe Biden. Now, don't you think that the mainstream media, don't you think that the corrupt politicians understand that that would be the case? You have to think that knowing this, because just someone like me can figure that out. I told you, I predicted that because it was obvious like two weeks ago. It's maybe like a week and a half, it was like a week and a half ago. It's really obvious. They, they need Donald Trump to be there so they can blame everything on him. He's just a scapegoat for the corruption of both parties because he's perceptually, doesn't mean he actually is, but he's perceptually an outsider. And that's all the system needs is you to perceive that he's an outsider. Think about the corrupt, double standard holding, biased Democratic Party operatives that have admittedly been behind this, just like all the Democratic Party operatives and the intelligence agencies that were behind the Alex Jones lawsuit. You don't have to like Alex Jones to realize that he was taken advantage of and abused and used as an example of how you don't really have a right to say what you want to say. So what exactly is the Democratic Party's symbol and their logo? Off the top of your head, I'm sure 99% of you know it. It's the donkey, right? And Jesus rides the donkey into Jerusalem. Donald Trump 
rides the donkey into massive poll number increases over both Republicans and Democrats. In other words, Donald Trump's support dramatically increased on the back of a Democratic donkey as he was indicted. And then, well, he said, I'm not guilty, and then walked out. And that was it. And yet you get these big front-page newspapers like today. I saw the USA Today this morning. I went to get gas in my car, and I saw this at a gas station. Big physical USA Today newspaper, Trump's face on the front, bunch of different uh, things in the background, uh, you know, like pictures of protests, or I guess they're not protests, they're like pro-protests. Uh, you know, lock him up. He's he's a danger. He's, you know, he deserves to go to jail. He's corrupt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, that's like all the all the newspapers, except the only newspaper that didn't have that was the local uh, newspaper here in, in uh, Arizona because they were, uh, they had a story on it, but they were more concerned with the ending of Title 42 because it's, uh, they, they believe it's going to just completely overwhelm the uh system here in Pima County, Arizona, but that's a separate issue. All these newspapers though, Donald Trump is, he's arrested. He's going to jail. Like everybody's just, nobody knows what word to use, how to describe anything, how to define anything. I mean, these are the same kinds of people that when governors across the country were like, uh, executive order, wear a mask. And people said, that's the law. You have to do it. Well, no, uh, no, hold on a second. The governor doesn't make laws. Okay. That's the legislature. They make the laws. The governor can sign the law. The governor can also veto the law. The legislature can override the veto. Very basic, you know, very basic civics kind of thing. As far as I'm concerned, at this point, if you're going to vote, you should have to take a very basic civics test. You need to know how many, how many, you know, chambers of Congress, how many uh, branches of government. You should be able to, if you can't answer those questions, you should not be allowed to vote, Period. Again, that's kind of a separate issue. But just as Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, Donald Trump's support dramatically increased on the back of a Democratic donkey after his indictment. Now, don't you love the viciousness of both the right and the left? The viciousness of the F. Joe Biden, F. Joe Biden, F. Joe Biden, F. Joe Biden, with very few people being able to acknowledge on the right that a lot of the problem with Joe Biden is the fact that he's really, really old. And then it's really sad that somebody who's so old and who's so clearly suffering from dementia is being pushed by a doctor, Dr. Jill, his, his wife, being pushed into the spotlight and people pushing him to run for president again. That's actually kind of, kind of a sad thing. F. Joe Biden, F. Joe Biden, F. Joe Biden. How is that any different than what the political left has done to Donald Trump? Cutting his head off, Kathy Griffin, shooting him dead, Snoop Dogg. Remember those videos and those pictures? Hang him, execute him, kill him. And yet those are the people that say the right wants to imprison political opponents. Yes, because all the January 6th protesters who were roped into the Capitol, uh, many of them on video saying, don't go into the Capitol. All those January 6th protesters, yes, they are not political prisoners. They have not been denied their most basic fundamental rights. They're just arrested to stop the overthrow of the U.S. government. Sure, that's making a lot of sense, lots of sense.
And this is a much more it's it's much more open uh, a much more open thing. It's it's not so closed off uh, like it might seem. This this is something that's not just about Donald Trump's uh, business records or paying a quote porn star some hush money, which kind of ironically this morning the Associated Press reported that Stormy Daniels, the porn star, she actually has to pay. $122,000 in Trump's legal bills. The LA Times uh, from the Associated Press says Stormy Daniels must pay nearly $122,000 of Donald Trump's legal fees that were racked up in connection with the porn stars or the porn actors' failed defamation lawsuit. The decision in California came at about the same time that the Trump, uh, that, that, that Trump became the only ex-president to be charged with a crime Trump pleaded not guilty in a New York City courtroom to a 34-count felony indictment accusing him of falsifying business records in a scheme to hush up allegations of extramarital affairs with Daniels and Playboy model Karen McDougal that broke during the first White House run. That's kind of ironic. I'm sure they they saved that, you know, for for the this was yesterday. Uh, they saved that for yesterday when he turned himself in, that she's going to have to pay this money. So that's kind of a strange thing. But besides that, I mean, you think again of Jesus riding the ass into Jerusalem and Donald Trump riding on the back of the Democratic Party with these massive poll numbers, and yet all the Trump people, all the mega people, tend to lose elections. So it would make sense that people in power on the left would want Donald Trump to run against their candidates or would want Trump endorsed candidates to run against their candidates because all the Democrats who don't debate, who don't show up for, you know, uh, events, who don't really shake hands with anybody unless it's a photo op, who literally hide in a basement behind armed guards, they all seem to win in big num by big but huge numbers, despite the fact that you really can't find people who actually honestly voted for them. It's weird how that works. It's weird how the same Democratic Party is so biased and so corrupt and has such an incredible double standard. And by the way, Republicans do too. That they try and work so hard, they finally, finally get Trump indicted. And all the, the left-leaning publications, all the left-leaning political wackos, I mean, this is like pornography for them. Uh, this is like some kind of, it's like an, an orgy for them. It's like a perpetual orgasm. They're in bliss. They don't understand what words mean, like indictment or charge or anything like that, or arrest or mugshot, but they're there. And, and that's kind of the, that's kind of the thing. That's kind of the weird thing is like you get people to think these things. They don't know what the words mean. They don't know what's actually happening. I don't either. You don't either. We don't know exactly what's happening could all be staged as far as we know. But just to see how people would react. How does the right react? How does the left react? The left reacts with the same vitriol you've heard for the last seven years. The right reacts with a similar kind of vitriol and more support for Donald Trump. That no matter what he does, they're going to support him. No matter what he's accused of doing, even if he didn't actually do it, they're going to support him. And the people that don't like him aren't going to like him. It's, it's not really a... 
It's not really a uh, profound test and a profound uh, answer to the questions on the test. It's obvious. The big question, though, is how exactly is it not corruption and double uh, a double standard and bias when all this money and time and energy is spent trying to convict Donald Trump of some falsified business records. How exactly, you notice they're not charging him with the uh, Mar-a-Lago documents, right? You notice that. It's business records that were falsified, reportedly. And uh, not only will this go on for probably months and months, maybe even years, they just have to convict Donald Trump in the public mind. The indictment itself could be frivolous. The charges that are levied could be frivolous. They probably are pretty frivolous. And yet, if the people believe that they're true, because they hear the word charged, they hear the word indictment, then they just believe he's never fit to be president again. Mark my words now, if he runs for president, which he is running for president, and uh, you know, around the time we start to get some debates and some He's already having rallies, but we get some bigger rallies and it really kicks off the, you know, the political uh, campaign season. What's the left going to do? It's going to just be Donald Trump shouldn't even be running. He's been indicted. He's been charged with all these crimes, even if he actually wasn't charged, even if it was just a declaration, which is an indictment. He can't run for president. Well, what, what, would, what would Joe Biden say on stage? He doesn't have to give you his ideas to fix problems that he's made exponentially worse. All he has to say is, you should vote for me because he's been indicted. He's a criminal. You can't vote for him. That's why I think that this is just, it's just staged. It's a big joke. It's its like a circus. It really is a circus. There's a bunch of clowns. But what about the passion of the Christ? Trump's numbers explode on the back of the Democratic donkey, just like Jesus triumphantly rides into Jerusalem. After Jesus rode into Jerusalem, some other things, of course, happened. During the whole Passion Week, there were many things uh, that we can find parallels to with what's happening with Donald Trump. And some of this stuff is not, uh, it's not just what I'm finding, what I'm noticing. It's also stuff that uh, extreme left-wing media is noticing. Vice News reported, Trump or Jesus, who had it worse? A Holy Week indictment, says The Intercept, an anti-Christian parable. Salon says, treating Trump like Jesus. Now, granted, there are plenty and plenty and plenty plenty of Republicans and right-leaning people and extremist Christians who do see Donald Trump. Absolutely, who do see Donald Trump as a Messiah, as a Savior, as a prophet. But if I remember correctly, that's literally like physical depictions and artwork. That is literally also how Barack Obama was seen. He was a savior. He was a messiah. He was a prophet. Now, if the left had any morals or any religious sense whatsoever, they would call Donald Trump the Antichrist, just like the right called Barack Obama the Antichrist. People called Ronald Reagan the Antichrist. George Bush the Antichrist. I don't know if Bill Clinton ever got called the Antichrist. But of course, a lot of people do see Donald Trump as that, and I find that to be quite ridiculous. 
People on the left see it too. They just accuse their political opposition of seeing Trump in this way to make them look crazy. It's just politics. That's all that it is. And it's, of course, on both sides taking out of context and making false uh, associations, false equivalencies between a character and probably a real person like Jesus and a Donald Trump. I mean, what exactly did Donald Trump, you know, what did he actually save you from? He was and still is behind the vaccines. He is responsible for the emergency lockdown orders that decimated small businesses. He's not fully responsible, of course, because the worst hit places were Democrat strongholds like New York and California. Places like Florida are doing just fine. In fact, Florida just surpassed New York for the first time ever. And uh, the number of available jobs, more people moving there, more income, more wealth, uh, less crime, etc. Florida's doing so well, and you see New York and California just struggling to barely make it to get by with inflation and taxes, and that's what you get with big government, first and foremost. But again, the point is, the, the idea that Donald Trump is this Christ-like figure is certainly something that a lot of people believe. And even people who don't like Donald Trump, they see that. And so even left-wing publications like Vice and Salon are saying, no, this is kind of weird that this is all happening during the Passion Week. I don't doubt, I wouldn't doubt, that people that worked, including the, the attorney in New York City, the people that worked to get Trump indicted like this, I don't doubt that they're very aware of the timeline. And they're sort of drawing on the energy of Christ and the energy of the passion of the Christ in the Trump indictment and the felony counts of falsification of business records. I think they're they're drawing on that energy because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. They don't believe in crucifixion and resurrection anyway. So it doesn't matter to them, but they know you believe it and they're going to play and they're going to pray and they're going to pray to their God that you see that, you notice that, you talk about it so you look crazy while they actually draw on the energy of it, historically, the narrative of it, your energy, and they bring all that energy together and they try to will these things to happen and they try to legally force these things to happen. They've been throwing so much stuff at the wall for so long and what do they finally try try to get him uh, charged with? Falsification of business records. Now listen to this. This is a really interesting article. I read this from the New York Times this morning. It's New York Times. Uh, I know they're a terrible publication, but I thought this was really interesting. It says, a surprise accusation bolsters a risky case against Trump. Just listen to this. I'm going to read some of the article to you. It says the unsealed indictment against former President Donald Trump on Tuesday laid out an unexpected accusation that bolstered what many legal experts have described as an otherwise risky and novel case. Prosecutors claim he falsified business records in part for a plan to deceive state tax authorities. So this is really important. Prosecutors are claiming that he falsified business records in part of an an overall larger plan to deceive state tax authorities. Why is that important? Well, let's take a look. 
For weeks, observers have wondered about the exact charges Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg would bring. Paid for puppet, controlled by, I mean, this guy looks like a weasel, controlled by, you know, that demon from the nun. Uh, You can, like, see it behind him. Accusing Trump of bookkeeping fraud to conceal campaign finance violations, many believed could raise significant legal challenges. That accusation turned out to be a major part of Bragg's theory, but not all of it. And notice it's a it's a theory that they're putting forward that he did these things. Okay. It says the indictment listed 34 counts of bookkeeping fraud related to Trump's reimbursement in 2017 to Michael Cohen, total scumbag, total demon, his former lawyer and fixer. Just before the 2016 election, Cohen had made a $130,000 hush money payment to pornographic film actress Stormy Daniels, who said she and Trump had an extramarital affair. Also, as a side note, she has to pay $122,000 in Trump's legal fees for her failed defamation lawsuit as of yesterday. Kind of ironic. It's almost the exact same amount of money. I wonder if that was factored in to, the, uh, to what, was, um, what was announced yesterday. Various business records concerning those payments to Cohen, an accompanying statement of facts said, falsely characterized them as being for legal services performed in 2017. For each such record, the grand jury charged Trump with a felony bookkeeping fraud under Article 175 of the New York Penal Code, or Penal Law. A conviction on that charge carries a sentence of up to four years. But bookkeeping fraud is normally a misdemeanor. Ah, this is where it gets interesting. Notice, it's a theory that he did these things. I mean, he, he did pay this woman. There's no doubt about that. The question is, what exactly did he do that was illegal? And what did he do that was justification for all the money, time, energy, and resources wasted to get him indicted on something that's normally a misdemeanor and a slap on the wrist? Especially for a former president. So here's the key. In order for the bookkeeping fraud to be elevated to a felony, Prosecutors have to show that a defendant intended to commit aid or conceal a second crime, raising the question of what other crime Alvin Bragg would contend is involved. So, in other words, Alvin Bragg and all the Democratic Party operatives are saying that Trump, he did pay Stormy Daniels, and his lawyer, Cohen, is an absolute piece of human garbage. Just like Alan Dershowitz is just a piece of filth, just total human uh, trash, scum, garbage, just so disgusting and gross. Uh, that's not debatable. He did make these payments. Now, Stormy Daniels has to ban her $22,000 back. I don't know how much of that she's actually going to pay, but that's kind of ironic. It's almost the same amount of money. Uh, but basically, the bookkeeping fraud would be related to what he paid Michael Cohen, saying it was for lawyer fees when some of the money was used to pay this, this woman off. Okay. However, in order for it to be more than a misdemeanor, prosecutors have to show that he also intended to commit aid or conceal a second crime. So despite the fact that everybody's got a real big hard on for the Trump indictment, and despite the fact that all the news articles, I mean, I've read so many today, they're like, Donald Trump, his lawyer's they're saying that this is this is stupid, that the indictment is just, it's frivolous, it's worthless, which of course the lawyers are going to say that regardless. But actually, this is what they don't realize. This could be so bad for Trump. He can go to prison forever. And then you actually read, well, you can read the indictment itself and you read even the New York Times and they're like, well, 
what Bragg's proposed is just a theory, you know, because that's what it is. It's a theory. It's this we this is what we think he did. And then in order for it to be a felony, in order to actually send him to jail, if convicted, and then he still wouldn't see a jail cell, is they have to raise it to a felony by proving he committed this act, the bookkeeping fraud, in order to conceal a second crime that he conspired to commit. That's And that is going to be, despite what the news is telling you, really difficult for the prosecution to do. Really difficult for the prosecution to do. Which makes me think that this is all to make you think, well, to make Democrats think Trump is indicted, so this just gives them more fuel for Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or whoever. He's indicted. He's a criminal. He can't run for president. Just a, just enough time ahead of the, the next election. And then for the Republicans, it's made, meant to make them really support Trump because the people that support Trump, they tend to, well, and the people that Trump supports, they tend to be mocked and then not do so well in the polls, whether that's organic or otherwise. This benefits some really, really powerful people. And I don't think I have to tell you who those powerful people are. Tonight is the passion of the president, more on the passion of the Christ and its parallel with the passion of the president. After this, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please go to our website, thesecretteachings.info. If you have a subscription, please resubscribe. If not, go to aftermath.media and subscribe. That's where you can get the archive over on Aftermath with Clyde Lewis's Ground Zero and some other shows like Conspirifact with Wes and Bill. If you'd like to contact The Secret Teachings, rdgable at yahoo.com, tstradio at protonmail.com. When you listen to our show for free on any podcast or radio player, we get paid for that. So please listen, please spread the show, download the show, whatever, and grab a copy of one of my books like Liberty Shrugged at thesecretteachings.info. A lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. From parahistory and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need 
or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! Listening to the Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and or wherever you are listening around the world and throughout the cosmos. With the indictment of former President Donald Trump, there doesn't have to actually be any teeth to the charges. Democrats can, from here on out, say he's been indicted. He said he wasn't guilty, but he's been charged. He can't run for president. Just in time for the next presidential election. It is 2023, after all. And of course, Republicans, when they say they support Donald Trump, now in higher numbers than before he was indicted, higher numbers than that of Ron DeSantis and of Joe Biden, his numbers have exploded. Precisely what I told you would happen and what I told you the Democrats want to happen Because Republicans that support Donald Trump can be made to look crazy. And whoever he supports, including himself, they tend to lose by statistical anomaly. So people that support him are crazy. The Democrats were right the whole time. He can't run for president. And he doesn't actually have to be convicted of anything. They can just keep this trial ongoing. It's not even a trial yet. They can just keep this whole charade ongoing. He can't run. He's been indicted. He can't run. He's in the middle of a trial right now. He can't run for president. Now, the reason that this is much more than just uh, an observation and an analysis of the situation that is unfolding by the day is that as we read you from the New York Times in the last segment, The charges that have been levied against the former president that he has said, I'm not guilty of. The accusations that have been made by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who you can see the demon standing behind. The accusations are actually part of a theory, which is a lot of what law is, interpretation and theory. According to the New York Times, it's a theory what he's accusing Trump of. That's directly from the New York Times. And the indictment, which includes 34 counts of bookkeeping fraud related to Trump's reimbursement in 2017 to Michael Cohen, his former lawyer and uh, probably uh, uh, probably another demon in disguise. Uh, just before the 2016 election, Cohen had made a $130,000 hush money payment to 
Stormy Daniels, who, by the way, just yesterday was made to pay $122,000 because of the failed defamation lawsuit against Trump. She's going to have to pay that, according to the Associated Press, $122,000. guess she can just take it out of her, her hush money that she was paid. Uh, but that is yesterday, a commission, uh, commissioner for the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that Trump's attorneys reasonably spent so many hundreds of hours in the case, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in fees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she's going to have to pay about $122,000 in Trump's legal bills because her defamation lawsuit failed. Kind of ironic, but not ironic that it was that was announced yesterday when Trump showed up and said, hey, I'm not guilty. And then he was released. He was let go. He just walked out the front door. They didn't even really release him. He just walked out the front door, didn't arrest him, didn't put him in handcuffs, didn't take mug shots of him, anything like that. But all these business records, okay, so they're ba- basically the business record uh, accusation, the fraudulent accusations, are that he paid these this money uh, as legal services, just legal services, says various business records, concerning those payments to Cohen and a company in statement of facts said falsely characterized those payments to Cohen as being for legal services in 2017 for each such record. The grand jury charged Trump with a felony bookkeeping fraud. So there's 34. He's got 34 charges against him. Well, they're for 34 different payments made to his former lawyer. And they're saying that those payments were not payments for legal services, they were used for something else, which is fraud under Article 175 of the New York Penal Code. A conviction on that charge carries a sentence of up to four years. So they've thrown as many convictions, possible convictions at him as they can to get him maybe in jail for a certain amount of time. This 34 different times he paid Cohen, and we think they were all fraudulent. It's a theory. They, they haven't proved anything yet. Okay, And they, maybe they did. Maybe he's guilty of that. I, I don't know. That's not really the point. They say in the New York Times, bookkeeping fraud is normally a misdemeanor. Okay, we we know that. It's a misdemeanor. But in order for it to rise to a felony, prosecutors have to show that a defendant not only committed the misdemeanor, but that that they intended to commit, aid, or conceal a second crime. Oh, well, that kind of sounds like the uh, district attorney and all the people that are working for the corrupt, biased, double-standard justice system only have a theory, are scratching around, digging around for anything they can throw at Donald Trump. Relying on the media to convict him in the public opinion. And it's all based on not only a theory, but because they have no evidence of it, They're just proposing it, that it could only be a felony if they can show he intended on top of committing bookkeeping fraud to commit aid or conceal a second crime. In other words, the word that the mainstream media uses every single day, the district attorney and all the corrupt justice system folks are levying a conspiracy theory at the former president. They believe he conspired. And it's their conspiracy theory that he did these things. I'm reading you this from the New York Times, by the way. All the indictment stuff, all the fraudulent, all the paying people off. He did pay Stormy Daniels off. 
but it's a matter of how that money got to her is really the, the question. Did it go? It went through Cohen for legal services. Then he paid her. Are they follow? They're going to have to follow the money directly to her to get a conviction. And bookkeeping fraud is just a misdemeanor for it to be a felony. They have to prove he intended to commit another crime. So that means this is their line of thought, their line of sight. That means they have a theory, and there's theories that he conspired to commit these crimes that they haven't proved he committed and have very little evidence to prove that he committed, at least officially. So, and you can read the indictment online. I've got a copy of it right here. That means they're proposing their their big case against the former president that they've been waiting years to get. The big case is based on a conspiracy theory. And that's really all that it is. Now, let me tell, let me say this. Let me tell you this. Okay, if Donald Trump is guilty of something, I don't care if it's a misdemeanor or if it's a felony, okay, depending on what it is, that he should serve the time and or probably in his case, it doesn't matter to pay a fine. He should serve the time, pay a fine. He should, whatever it is that the courts rule. The problem, though, that I have with this, the problem a lot of people have with this, because I'm not a Trump supporter, is that this is blatantly and absolutely without any doubt a misuse of the justice system primarily because there is a huge double standard for other people who are both Republican and Democrat. Where is the investigation into Joe Biden as vice president? Where is the investigation into his handling of classified information that he didn't even keep under lock and key, that he kept at centers that had been paid by the Communist Party of China to get access to those classified documents. Presumably, we can't imagine what else they would be paying this think tank, this little organization, to get access to, maybe all the classified records that Biden had dumped there. Where is the investigation of that? How about the investigation into the illegal waging of, of, of war, really in the name of peace, under like every single president? How about Donald Trump's handling of affairs in the Middle East, military affairs? Uh, I mean, aren't some of the things that Donald Trump did with drone strikes, isn't that like maybe a war crime? Couldn't they bring him up on a war crime? No, you, you, you couldn't do that because if you did that, you'd have to bring George Bush up on war crimes and Barack Obama up on war crimes. It just doesn't look good because it doesn't benefit the military-industrial complex, the big banks, and the corporations that make money off war. So they have to go into something so almost mundane as bookkeeping. He paid him some money, and if that money went to that woman and he paid that money as a legal service and cooked the books and claimed that it was going to, this lawyer for legal service, but really it was going to pay off this woman, then he's going to jail for four years, and if we can get him on all these counts, he's going for life in prison. If I was going to put money on something, I'd put money that he'll never, ever, ever, ever go to prison and he'll probably not be convicted on any of these things. They'll give him a slap on the wrist and it'll be all over. It doesn't matter, though, because all they need is for the Democrats to say he can't run. He, he's been indicted. He's, he's, he's in the middle of a trial. All they need is for Republicans to say we support him still. You support a criminal. You're crazy. And all they need is for anybody associated with Donald Trump to be associated with him who's running for office because they will lose mysteriously. 
That's what it's all about. That's what it's always been about. Controlling your perception of reality. Controlling your ability to even engage in critical thinking by using words and phrases that can be misleading and confusing. That's what the press does. That's what both sides of the press does. That's what the alternative press does. But it's a lot more than that. Because as I said, Donald Trump's numbers have increased greatly over DeSantis and over Joe Biden. And those numbers have increased not because he said something profound, not because he has said something he's never said before and blew people's minds and, oh my God, I got to vote for this guy. Now I hope he, I'm going to vote for him and, you know, for the Republican nomination. I hope he, hope he wins. I didn't like him before, but after he said that, my God, I'm going to vote for him. None of that happened. He didn't say, you know what? I was wrong about the vaccines. They do cause all these problems. So I'm going to step back from that. I apologize. Didn't say that. In other words, his numbers exploded because of why? Because of the Democratic Party. That should tell you something. They want Donald Trump to be where he is. I imagine that he's a smart enough guy to know that himself. I mean, just like with anything else, if you actually listen to him speak, he's, he's not as crazy as they make him sound. Joe Biden, on the other hand, if you actually listen to him speak, he can't string sentences together, but that's neither here nor there. The point is the Democratic Party is bolstering Donald Trump. So what does that mean? Especially this week. What is this week? You know what this week is, right? It's, it's, it's basically Easter week. It's the, it's the Passion Week. Does that kind of sound interesting or you see any parallels here with, you know, the passion of the Christ and all that? You know, Jesus on Palm Sunday, he rode into Jerusalem on what? Not an elephant, on a donkey. The donkey brought him into Jerusalem. The donkey brought him ultimately to his crucifixion and his burial. The donkey brought him to his demise. But it was all illusory because Jesus can't really be killed. He's a son of God. Physical body can be killed. You can't be killed, though, because you're a soul in the spirit and you are eternal. That's what Jesus represents. So the donkey brought Jesus to his demise, but it's all an illusion because you can't really kill Jesus. You can't kill the soul or spirit. So it's a it's a metaphor. In the same way that the Democratic Party brought Donald Trump into public conviction with all the stuff that they've thrown at him, all the stuff they continue to throw at him. Doesn't that kind of sound weird? What's the Democratic Party logo? It's a donkey. It's kind of strange. But it's much more than that because if you take a look at the Passion Week, you know, the Passion of the Christ, Passion Week, Palm Sunday, Jesus rides into, into uh, the, the, the holy city. On Monday, Jesus clears out the temple. The following morning, Jesus uh, returns with his disciples to Jerusalem. And when Jesus arrived at the temple, he found that the courts were full of corrupt money changers. He began overturning their tables and clearing the temple, saying, The scriptures declare, My temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Okay, so what has Trump's indictment, what has it proven? It's shown 
that the courts are full of corrupt, biased, double standard holding demons. They are filled with corrupt people, not just money changers. The irony is that's precisely what they're accusing Trump of. They're accusing Trump of being a a corrupt money changer and paying off a porn star. Think about that for a second. Jesus said the courts are corrupt and he throws the money changers out of the temple. The irony is Trump is being accused by corrupt courts of exchanging money in a fraudulent way. That can't be coincidental. There are so many other things they could have charged him with. And that's what they choose. On Tuesday, day three, Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives. On Tuesday morning, Jesus and his disciples returned to Jerusalem. Back at the temple, religious leaders were upset at Jesus for establishing himself as a spiritual authority. They organized an ambush with the intent to place him under arrest. But Jesus evaded their traps and pronounced harsh judgment on them. Donald Trump was not arrested. But Donald Trump did show up and say that he wasn't guilty. It just so happens to be that the whole process of Donald Trump saying he's going to be arrested and then he'd be indicted and then saying, you know, he's not guilty and then leaving and all that happening and, and it's the Passion Week. It just so happens to be, and what he's been accused of, you know, is what Jesus accused the corrupt officials in the court of doing. Donald Trump gave a speech after his uh, indictment and after his um, uh, uh, arraignment. And he said that uh, the country is going to hell. Reportedly, the CNBC live feed actually cut when he, when he said that. And he said that the system is corrupt, that um, you know there were witch hunts and, and his campaign was spied on. And that this, this was from the very, very, very beginning of his campaign, 2015-2016. So Donald Trump, at the end of the arraignment, goes and gives a speech where he is saying that his, you know, um, the things he's being accused of and the things he's been accused of, it's all just, um, it's all just a witch hunt. And just like Jesus evading the, the traps of the, the organized mob, he pronounces harsh judgment on them. In other words, Trump is able to avoid the ambush and is not put under arrest. And then he goes on to eviscerate and pronounce harsh judgment upon the people that are trying to put him in prison. That also can't be a coincidence. And if it is a coincidence, well, there just has to be, there has to be something cosmically working here. Or very human, something very human working here, getting you to think these things, to see the parallels so they can call you crazy. They can call you nuts. They can make fun of you. They can mock you. Day number three. 
Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives. Day number four, Holy Wednesday. And also, before we get to day number four, Holy Wednesday, uh, religious leaders were upset at Jesus for establishing himself as a spiritual authority. I think political leaders are upset at Donald Trump for establishing himself as a perceived, a perceived now, a perceived, perceived uh, political, religious-like authority who wants to put all the politics aside and really just make the country you know, a better place for everybody. At least that's, that's the perception that, that's been created. The politicians are upset about that. Now, Holy Wednesday. The Bible doesn't exactly say what Jesus did on Wednesday of the Passion Week. Scholars have speculated that after a couple of exhausting days in Jerusalem, Jesus and his disciples uh, uh, prepared for the Passover. Uh, Jesus had revealed to his disciples uh, right before this uh, that he had power over death by raising Lazarus from the grave. After seeing this incredible miracle, many people in Bethany believed that Jesus was the Son of God and put their faith in him. Now, Donald Trump didn't necessarily raise anybody from the dead, but his numbers, has, as I've said, have gone up uh, exponentially as a result of his indictment and his arraignment. And so it's kind of like uh, this miracle. Uh, the more that Trump is attacked, the more people support him. The more that people see that the system hates him, the more that people who hate the system or think they hate the system, the more they support him. And just like Jesus, having more people put their faith in him because he raised Lazarus from the dead, more people put their faith in Donald Trump because they realize that the system is corrupt. But maybe the system is so corrupt they want you to put your faith in him. Something you have to continuously think about. Nevertheless, the putting of faith in Donald Trump, very similar to the putting of faith in Jesus after he raised Lazarus from the dead. Donald Trump's numbers have gone up exponentially. Day number five, that's tomorrow. Passover and Last Supper on uh, Monday, Thursday. Holy Week, taking a somber turn on Thursday. Jesus sends Peter and John ahead to upper, uh, the upper room in Jerusalem to make the preparations for the Passover feast. That evening after sunset, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples as they prepared to share the Passover. By performing this humble act of service, Jesus demonstrated by example how believers should love one another. So Jesus, he washes some people's feet. And he tries to teach that we should care about one another. Jesus also wants you to see that he gives himself up selflessly. His body is broken, the blood and the bread, uh, the wine and the bread, rather, the blood and the flesh, so that we can be free of sin. And this is how I think even Donald Trump has positioned himself. He's a martyr, and he's willing to give everything up to fight for what's right for his country, for the people. Very, once again, similar parallel. Of course, 
Jesus and the disciples left the upper room in Jerusalem. They went to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus prayed to God the Father. Late that evening, in the garden, Jesus was betrayed with a kiss by Judas and arrested. He was taken to the home of a high priest, where the whole council had gathered to begin making their case against Christ, against Jesus. And um, that case is the ongoing, well, the ongoing case against Donald Trump, which isn't, I guess it is a case. It's just, it's not going to be decided anytime soon. But that ongoing case against Trump, it's where the whole council's gathering to begin making their decision on Jesus Christ. And then, of course, you know what happens next. Day six, trial, crucifixion, death, and burial on Good Friday. Of course, that's when Judas, who was you know, overwhelmed with remorse, uh, hanged himself. And then, of course, Saturday, Jesus is placed in the tomb. And on Sunday, he is resurrected. Now, I'm not saying that Donald Trump is going to be put in a tomb and resurrected. Are you, are you nuts? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's just kind of strange, kind of weird that the Democratic Party donkey is bringing Donald Trump to his demise, perceptually. The indictment, the arraignment, happening during Passion Week. The time frame cannot be a coincidence. Just as Jesus triumphantly rode an ass into Jerusalem, Donald Trump's support has increased, and he is being led to his demise by that Democratic donkey. Likewise, Jesus arrived at the temple in Jerusalem, accused the courts of being corrupt and exchanging money in the house of the Lord, and this is precisely what Donald Trump has accused, well, they're accusing him of exchanging money and being corrupt, and he's accusing them of being corrupt and being on a witch hunt. It, it follows in line of the passion. Uh, Jesus reveals to his disciples that he has the power over death. Many people put their faith in him. Donald Trump sort of proves that he has power over all the things uh that have been uh, levied at him, all the stuff he's been through, all the accusations. So more people see that and they support him. Donald Trump's kind of like a martyr for his country. This ongoing case against him, this is what the council decides to, you know, in terms of, in terms of deciding what happens to Jesus. <laughs> this is weird, isn't it? I'm not the only one that sees it. Vice sees it, Salon sees it. They call you crazy if you notice it and have any thoughts on it. They just think Christians are crazy, stupid, dumb, ignorant people. And some of them certainly are. Tonight I'm not here to tell you what my take is on this from a point of view that's Christian. I'm here to tell you from an esoteric point of view, from an occult point of view. It's kind of creepy and eerie. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, The Secret Teachings Radio Show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. You're listening to The 
Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. And Octan, they make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. Wait a minute. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero. And call up to the fall back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. the secret teachings i like to think of the show as sort of like a microscope and a telescope to analyze and investigate the microcosm and the macrocosm a lens of rationale helping us to see below and beyond and i can't help but think about the parallels between the indictment and the arraignment and the media coverage in general misleading and deceiving the public on both sides of former president donald trump Connections between that and the Passion of the Christ. This, of course, is Passion Week, Easter Week. It's interesting how Jesus on Palm Sunday rides into Jerusalem on a donkey or an ass. And it is, in fact, the donkey or the ass, the Democratic Party, which is holding Donald Trump up, helping him to boost his numbers running for president again. His numbers have exploded after the indictment and after the arraignment. And that's on the back of the Democratic Party, which I believe, along with the mainstream media, knows exactly what they're doing. Uh, And it's interesting when you study, if you don't know about the passion story, now would be a really good time to read about it. Jesus, on day two, returns to Jerusalem. He goes to the temple. He finds that the courts are full of corrupt officials, money changers. Donald Trump is also the victim of corrupt courts, clearly holding a double standard. And these corrupt officials are ironically making accusations of fraud against the former president for money that he exchanged with his former attorney. So there's a strange parallel there. On day three of the Passion, religious leaders organized an ambush of Jesus. They were really angry over his spiritual authority and the eroding of their authority. So they intended to arrest him. Jesus, however, evaded the arrest and pronounced very harsh judgments on them. And this is precisely what Donald Trump has been able to do with multiple fraudulent accusations against him over the last seven years. And of course, after rumors of an impending arrest, he simply pleaded not guilty to charges that were levied against him. And he walked free with no handcuffs, no mugshot. And after his arraignment, he actually gave a speech where he launched harsh insults and judgments at the people that are making these accusations against him, kind of like Jesus in the Passion story. Very, very strange. Uh, And these are the people that, kind of like the religious authorities in the Bible, have a 
probably a jealousy uh, of Donald Trump's political and even religious-like authority. Whether you agree with it or not, it certainly is, uh, I think, very visible. And to summarize the Passion story, on day four, Holy Wednesday, which is, of course, today, Jesus revealed his power over death by raising Lazarus from the grave, which was a miracle that caused a lot more people to put their faith in the Son of God. I'm not saying Donald Trump is the Son of God, but not only has Trump evaded the establishment's power for years, but before and after his indictment and arraignment, again, his poll numbers have surged massively as more people have put their faith in him. On day five, Jesus prepares for the Passover. You know that story probably, the Last Supper. He washed the feet of his disciples as a humble act of service to demonstrate how believers should love one another. He prepares for the Last Supper, offering his body and blood in the form of bread and wine. Later that evening, he is betrayed by Judas and taken to the home of a high priest where a council has gathered to make their case against their enemy. And likewise, Donald Trump has demonstrated his dedication to America, offering his fortune and image up as a sacrifice. He was betrayed by his own party and his own people close to him, now standing before an open mob demanding justice from a very visibly double standard holding corrupt court. Of course, Jesus was then crucified, died, and buried on Good Friday before his body rested in the tomb on Saturday and then was risen on Sunday. It's, of course, a metaphor and an allegory. It relates to astronomy and the cycles of the seasons. The sun, Easter, is Ishtar, Ostar, the spring equinox, and all of that. But this year, we're more focused on contemporary political events and how they relate to this biblical passion story. And it's not just me who sees this. Uh, Vice, uh, Salon, The Intercept, and others are saying that if you notice, I read the articles earlier to you, the headlines, if you notice that the passion performance, the passion narrative is basically being recreated with Donald Trump, that makes you a crazy Christo-fascist. Don't pay any attention to the fact that it mirrors and almost is a replication, a a, a replay. It's almost like a drama being played out in real time of the passion story, as if powerful interests are using the narrative to bolster their case, drawing on its powerful energy, hoping to use it to elevate, in my view, their antichrist. And not only that, but if you read... I mentioned the article from the New York Times. The theories that they've put forward uh, are literally conspiracy theories, as, as I read you the article from the New York Times earlier about all the potential felony charges uh, trying to find evidence uh, that a misdemeanor was actually a felony, which means that they're, they're looking for evidence. They've already got a preconceived idea in their mind of what they want to happen. They're looking for evidence to confirm that idea. So that's my take tonight on the show. Uh, we've spent, uh, you've heard 90 plus minutes of, of my take. And I thought we'd get someone else's take on this as well. Our good friend, colleague as well here on Ground Zero Dot Radio, uh, the host of Ground Zero, Clyde Lewis. And Clyde is with us now on the line. Clyde, what do you think of all this passion of the president? Well, it's interesting because I, uh, I actually had heard uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene she made her statement about Nelson Mandela, made her statement about Jesus Christ, saying that Trump uh, and Nelson Mandela both you know, were arrested and Jesus was arrested. And I took that as, you know, I, I snicker whenever you know, people tend to make Trump out to be the savior. And I've always looked at Trump as, a, you know, he's this anomaly in our timeline that, uh, I mean, I've speculated before that he's a time traveler, that he's part of the plus ultra group. And... Uh, 
that, uh, you know, this is something that he was meant to do, that this is part of the plan, part of the script, part of the medieval drama that we see all the time in government. And uh, as I was thinking about that, I, I decided I would play with it a little bit. I, I didn't even have a chance to look at all the articles you mentioned. I thought I would play with it. And I thought, okay, so let's see just how much of a so-called Jesus Christ is, uh, you know, going on in this in this story, in this uh, drama that we're seeing. And I started putting pieces together, and I thought, wait a minute, okay, so Donald Trump is Jesus. I said, Michael Cohen is Judas Iscariot. Um, Pontius Pilate is uh, Joe Biden. And I just keep going down the list of, of these people I can make comparisons to, and I'm going, wait a minute, this is, this is so obvious that this is what they're doing. They're doing this passion play. And I don't know why they're doing it. Maybe it's because they want to show uh, the right that he is no savior, just like they try to do with Jesus. You know, Jesus is not the son of God. Jesus is not this. Look, he's a human. He can die. But then the proof in the pudding was he could rise from the dead and he could raise Lazarus from the dead. Well, and I was thinking along the lines of Lazarus being our economy. You know, our economy was in the dump. And the Trump being the so-called latter-day right-wing Jesus apparently raised the, raised the economy from the dead. And this would have to be his project when, if he ever becomes president again, which a lot of people are saying that will never happen, even though that he will be respected by the people for all the crap he's gone through. But um, I, I just, you know, there's just so many weird comparisons here. And we're living in times where, you know, the most deadly of times are happening right now because it is April and we have until, what, uh, while purges not for everything to come together and, and of course all the bloody and horrible times that we're living in. So I just find it interesting that they moved upon this so-called passion story or, or at least the passion comparison. They moved on to it during Easter. And, you know, I, I was faced with a dilemma. I, I was, uh, talking with my staff. I said, you know, what am I going to do for an Easter show? What am I going to talk about with Easter? And, uh, and so I thought, well, I got to talk about Trump because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's expected of me. But then, you know, when Marjorie Taylor Greene said what she said on 60 Minutes, which I watched last night because I pre-recorded, uh, I thought, wait a minute, there is an Easter story here. There's some sort of a passion story here. That, and the 34 counts are like 30 pieces of silver. And it's like I call my show Judas is Rising 34 Pieces of Silver because it just seems to me that uh, this is this is what it is. It it, it just it, it, for some reason the World Economic Forum and the tyrants and the and the oligarchy that we live in they like to play out these scripts of you know uh, these characters and and their metaphors and we can see them for those of us that are in into the esoteric you can see the metaphors that are being played out and even though we may not agree with what the metaphors are trying to teach us or like for example like you said I don't think. I don't think Trump's the Antichrist, nor do I think that Trump is a Jesus. I don't see him like that. But, of course, these guys think they're God. And that's the whole thing. Is that when you don't have an ideology, when you want to remove uh, ideological debate, then the ideology becomes one synchronized ideology, and they are no longer questioned. You don't have to question them anymore because there's no other ideology. So they become God. They become the wise. They become the dictators and the tyrants. High priests. And this is what they want. They become the high priest, yes. And and government goes from being government to priestcraft. It's the idea of selling the power, distributing the power, uh, making an equality of the power, 
living with nothing and feeling good about yourself. That's that's not not a choice, and that's that's what I think true evil is. Is when you're told you have a choice, and then when you make the choice, it doesn't help you. You know, the choices are both bad, but they won't tell you that. Well, I think it also matters very little, Clyde. It doesn't convictions don't really matter because in the court of public opinion, which is I think what this is primarily about, people see this as yeah. a crucifixion. They see this as a conviction. They see this as burial and dead and let's move on from it. It doesn't so the Democrats can now say that he's a criminal, he can't run for office, uh, which is the ultimate right. e- election rigging, uh, putting your political opposition in prison of physical prison or prison of the mind call Republicans for crazy for daring to point out the parallels that we have uh, on your show and I have on my show. Uh, and yeah. uh, even though the people that set all this up and created this timeline, they're the ones that had to have chosen this week to do it. Well, it's because of what's going on in, in you know, I've always said plans are usually made and war campaigns. It's just like back in the times of Rome, war campaigns were made in the eyes of March. Um, and then they carried out their campaigns. This was being planned during the Ides of March. Uh, I remember listening to CNN when it happened. They called it a Shakespearean-themed type of thing, which I first thing that came to mind was Caesar, and that Brutus was Michael Cohen. It's the same story, Jesus and Caesar. Um, and uh, they all stab him to death, Caesar, and they, and they basically take him out. In this case, they march uh, Jesus through the streets, and, and they betray him, and... Uh, they they uh, take him to a you know kangaroo court. They're gonna pin him anyway. The leader of the of the the whole group says, "I don't want to have anything to do with this. Just get rid of the guy." I you know, I lose if he's dead. I lose if he wins. So I'd rather have him dead. I don't care. And that's and that's the point with uh, with Biden. He loses. He he loses and wins. He either wins or loses. And either way, he's gonna lose. And that's why it's not a choice of it, because if he wins the presidency, which I highly doubt he will, um, then he loses. Because what happens is, is immediately we have a country that's immediately out of it's completely out of control. And and then if he if he loses, you know, it's, it's just this, this catch 22. We are we are in this hook and we're not going to get out of the hook because what has been done now is there's no turning back from what has been done, regardless if you love Trump or hate Trump, the country is now, uh, the country ha- now has this mark on it. We are no longer unique. We're no longer special. Uh, we eat our own. And that's the point, is that we are now cannibalizing on our own uh, leaders. And, and there are plenty of other leaders that are far more deserving of being arrested and indicted and, and taken into a jail cell than Donald Trump. But for some reason, we have decided that Trump will be the guy to do it. Well, okay. So first of all, uh, that makes Biden kind of like barbarous because he was an actual criminal that they let go in exchange for Jesus because of the zealots and the politically powerful that saw him as a threat, right? Very similar parallel there. I can see see him. I can see him as barbarous. Yeah. Yeah. So there, so there's that. The the, the other thing is if you read the, the 34, as you called it, 34 pieces of silver, the 34, uh, criminal charges that they've levied against yeah. uh, the former president. Uh, they're all about him paying his, well, Judas paying Cohen this money uh, for legal services and then using it to pay off Stormy Daniels, who just yesterday morning was, I guess, uh, a court in California said that she has to pay $122,000 in Trump's legal fees for the failed defamation suit that she filed against him. Uh, so yeah. it's about those payments. And if you read the New York Times' report on this, it says, It's just a misdemeanor, but for it to rise to a felony, prosecutors must show 
that a defendant intended to commit, aid, or conceal a second crime. In other, in other words, the prosecution, Clyde, is putting forward theories about crimes that they imagine he created. This is the New York Times reporting this. Yeah. So it's yeah, like a I conspiracy mean, theory. These are, yeah, these are conspiracy theories. These are, these are the ideas that, that, you know, we don't have any proof of them, but we're presenting them. And again, it's about seed planting. The idea that, you know, every Democrat that, that's out there, every left, lefty that's out there that hates Trump, they're getting all tickled to death about this because they think this is they think this is it. This is what's going to nail him to his cross. Ooh, there's a metaphor. This is going to nail him to the cross. I'm thinking, you know, they could have done better. I know that Mitt Romney made mention of it. He says they could have done better. John Bolton made a statement saying, "Well, you know, we were thinking there would be more to this. You know, there's there's a lot more things that you can pin on Trump than just whether or not he doesn't pay his taxes and whether or not he has sex with prostitutes." I mean, it's like, yeah, okay. Name name one politician that doesn't pay hush money for little indiscretions they have where right. they don't get caught. Right. And it, I mean, that doesn't excuse their morality. I think all of Washington is immoral anyway, and they're they're BS artists. But the, the thing is, when you're looking at the big scheme of things, and you're looking at the lesser of two evils, you know, the idea of taking out uh, a Yemeni civilian uh, area as as uh, Obama did when he killed several civilians when he was looking for one guy and then having Hillary Clinton go in and backdate the classification of a terrorist organization just so that he could be saved from war crimes. I mean, by, uh, you know, you look at Obama, he was really good with drones killing people. You look at uh, the Bushes and what they did to keep the country and take away our rights. You look at Dick Cheney, you look at Henry Kissinger, you look at all these other guys that are just evil incarnate. And they've, cre- they've, they've committed war crimes, literally, and they have proposed things like starving the people. And, and yet they walk around free. Donald Trump gets prosecuted or he gets taken in because he, what, paid hush money to a freaking porn star? Is this what we're yeah. doing? Yes. The, I, I, well, I, what about Bill Clinton? What about what he did? I mean, come on. I said the exact same thing earlier on the show. I said, if, if you really wanted to go after him for something, I mean, how about the continuation of certain things in the Middle East with drone strikes, with military intervention? But if you do that, then you are bringing Obama, you are bringing the Bushes, you are bringing former presidents right. who are all guilty of these kinds of war crimes. So they have to do something so small and so mundane, they can barely have a grasp on it just to imply that they think he might have done something so they can convict him in the court of public right. opinion and play out right. this pa- this passion play to draw on the energy of it. Yeah, and, and when you look back at like at the Clinton administration, for example, and maybe even the Obama administration, some of the biggest contributors to the Democratic presidency are the Chinese triad, okay? Mm-hmm. They have the money. They, they put it towards, they, they, they got Obama elected, and they got Clinton elected, and they were all taking their money from the Chinese triad. And how do they make their money, Ryan? They make their money through... Uh, heroin, selling drugs, heroin, and prostitution and human trafficking. And so they're, they're accepting this blood money from human trafficking and drug smuggling to get their campaigns going. And that's been going on for a long time. I'm sure, you know, Obama did it. I'm sure, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton did it. We know that, uh, I mean, and Bill, we know that the MENA cartel and the MENA uh, drop-offs were happening during the Bush administration and the Clintons were letting it happen. So, I mean, these criminal activities have been going on that have been known in history to have gone on. And people just stand there and go, well, Trump this and Trump this. I mean, these what if this, I call them what if this, 
is what if it can go, well, what if or how about or no, it's it's really stupid. It's fantasy. <laughs> that, you know, people who hate someone as much as they hate Trump are cheering on the fact that this country decided to indict a guy for paying hush money to a, to a porn star. That's well, just. It's unreal. Yeah, so they call it bookkeeping fraud. But how about the whole Sam Bankman fried case recently? Democrats and Republicans. But the money was being funneled back into the Joe Biden campaign. And and Sam Bankman Free was one of the largest campaign contributors to the Democratic Party. What about that kind of fraud? Money laundering? Yeah. (laughs) No, no, nobody is concerned with this, right? Nope. Because Trump, they have they created Emmanuel Goldstein. Oh, yes, they have. Yes, we have our own. We have our own Emmanuel Goldstein. He's either you love to hate him or you hate him, okay? Or people just fall passionately in love with his prowess and his ability to bring people together and everything else. Well, that's the thing. He's so multifaceted, and everybody thinks they know the real Donald Trump. I don't think anybody knows the real Donald Trump, actually. I don't think anybody is even close enough to know. But that's the thing, is that everybody thinks they know what's going on, and all they see is the mean guy is getting his, you know, his comeuppance. I remember when there was a time where everybody thought that whoever was mean to everybody else is a fascist. That's not what fascism is. Donald Trump's a fascist because he's mean. That's not what it means. But America's basically thought that. So Trump is a bad guy because he's mean. He's a mean person. So we don't want mean people to be involved with government. No, they can be nice and still screw you over. But if they're mean and screw you over, that makes it worse. And we have a problem I mean, with so it. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, we have a problem with mean people who do mean things, mean mean things to you. But if they're nice people that do mean things to you, that's okay. Yeah, as long as they smile oh, while they, they backstab you. Yeah, if they smile while they backstab you, that's okay. Also, if they're nice in three piece suits, they can go and bomb the hell out of countries we can't even pronounce, and that's okay too, because we don't care about life. We don't. We don't. Their life is not as important as our life. We want to fight the battles over there so they don't come over here. But lest we think that it's not coming over here, when we have Chinese people going over our borders, we have our substations and our transformers getting blown up, and we're seeing trains derail. Give me a break. I mean, we are at war, and the war has come home. And just this idea that we go out and we fight out there so nothing happens. I mean, who are we defending when we're going out to Ukraine? Well, uh, Zelensky, uh, he just... uh, arrested all the all the Russian Orthodox priests there. He, he, threw, he threw them all in jail. He's jailed the, the religious groups, uh, the religious leaders in, in, in Ukraine. How's that a democracy? That's so insane. I mean, people, I don't know why people are just this dull or dense or thick. I don't know why they're so thick. They, they just are. It's like this rabid zealotry, and I think it's created largely by this 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, on-your-phone-in-front-of-your-face, by-your-head-when-you-go-to-sleep-at-night news coverage. It's just constant, and it's obsessive, and it's compulsive. Well, I mean, you, you show people, like, for example, the images of January 6th on CNN, but then you go and you show people the images of Portland, Oregon, you know, Portland, Oregon in 20, uh, 2021 and 2020, 2022, and how... The, the mobs went through the streets and they look at you like you're out of your mind. It's like, that didn't happen. Oh, it did happen. You know, I remember when it happened. No one else, if you were to tell them, hey, I was walking through the streets of Portland when there were flashbangs and there was tear gas and there were people everywhere. I just, I just couldn't, 
Well, then, it was just amazing. Yeah, no, no, I completely agree with you because I've talked about that. I've seen it firsthand myself, but also the uh, the way that the mainstream media and even some alternative media have tried to justify the indictment and arraignment of Donald Trump, where they'll say, well, people have pointed out that, you know, people like uh, Bill Clinton, you know, he ha- he paid hush money, but that was different. Or Tara Reid and Joe Biden, that was different. It's always different. It's always some other justification, some excuse for why those don't count, but Trump's does. That, that's just it. an that's just an abortion of common sense, and it's an abuse of the legal system. It is, and they're abusing the legal system now. Frivolous lawsuits. They may even throw this out. I wouldn't doubt that it may sour and it could throw it throw out, but they would fight like hell to keep it going. Well, because they're going to try to claim whether he was nominated or not. They're going to try to claim that he's he's going through a trial. He can't run for president. He's been convicted. And most people think conviction is, you know, they, they're they going to jail or and he's been indicted. Rather, he's going to jail. It just means well, formal charges. Some people thought an indictment was a life sentence. They got life uh, yeah, in yeah. jail. They're saying, well, yeah, Hope. they're saying, well, he's indicted. That means he goes to jail for life. No, it doesn't. No. You guys know you're know your court no no it means he walks in he says i'm not guilty and then walks out no handcuffs no mugshot <laughs> nothing yeah it is a bad and a sad state of affairs in america regardless of how you feel about donald trump this is not what america is about it, it just isn't and, and if we're going to go after one guy it, it you know i keep hearing no one is above the law really there are a number of presidents that are still around or former presidents still around it had been above the law for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody's above the law, but one person in this case is put below the law. And uh, they, yeah. they, yeah, that's, you know, the, the, the hypocrisy, the double standards and the using of these esoteric and occult themes like the during the Passion Week. I mean, there's no chance that's a coincidence. It has to be set up like this, especially when all the liberal media outlets like Vice and Salon and, and others are saying, well, if you point out that this is similar to the Passion Week and what's happened to Trump, then you're just a Christo fascist. They use these made up names, et cetera. Uh, and it, people like us point this out and, uh, you know, we fall into that category, but that's not what we're saying. I don't think Donald Trump is, is Jesus Christ incarnate. Some people might actually believe that. I don't think that. I think that there's something, uh, deeper esoterically in a cult going on here. Just like we, we talked about that Abazu show we did, Clyde, we uh, talked about Waco and Columbine and the Titanic and the death of Abraham Lincoln, all these things that happened in April, uh, the burning season yep. as, as we approach Walpurgis, uh, it's all part of the, the same turning of the wheel uh, and the same uh, ritual ceremonial uh, pageantry uh, that uh, pa- the powers that be, if you will, uh, are obsessed with. Yep. I think that's really what it is. They like their medieval, they like their medieval melodramas and they, oh, yes. and they do them all the time. It's like, because they know, and again, you go back to metaphor. They know that we respond to metaphor. And Carl Jung was right about the fact that we respond to metaphor. Joseph Campbell was right when he said we respond to metaphor. Sean Baudrillard was right when he said hyperreality is more accepted than reality. And it's true. We crave uh, these tales of, uh, of the knights, and we crave the, the tales of ribaldry and, and, and sacrifice and swords and dragons and of course, we all love that, and that's and that's where the Bible comes from too. The Bible came from that era, um, and it, it was a whole different world then. It was a diff- it was a world of monsters and and prophets and fire from the sky and and uh, you know wonders in heaven. And we have the same things going on now, so we don't pay attention to them. And like I said, you know, we had the five planet alignments, okay, right before the triduum, which of course is 
you know, the three holidays, you know, the Ramadan, the Passover, and the Easter. So you have the Triduum, which is the threes, okay, the three events. They call them the three events, uh, the three days, the three events, uh, a number of threes here. That's why, that's why they say things happen in threes around Easter. Christ died at 33. Um, the shooting that took place uh, the Covenant recently. School. Covenant School. And it, you know what? Somebody even wrote me a, uh, somebody wrote me a, uh, an email saying that two, three days before uh, the Covenant School had the shooting, I had said on my show that we focused at a time where we start to break covenants. And I, and I went back and listened to it. I said, yep, that's what I said. And the school was the Covenant School. There were three children dead. There were three, uh, you know, adults that were killed, 200 students divided by three, six, 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 66.6. All three adults uh, were over 60, six, six, six. Yep. Yep. And we had the, the address of the place, like it's 33 something Avenue. Uh, Hills. Uh, it was Hills, Hills. It was Hills Boulevard because two of the adults, Clyde, were named yeah. Hill and Peak. And that reminded me of, you know, the covenant on Mount Sinai, God and, and the Israelites. And that's, yeah. you know, Passover and the Exodus. Yeah. Yeah, and so now here we are again, uh, looking at things in the sky. We have the pink moon that's happening. We have the Lyra meteor shower that's going to be happening. We have an eclipse that'll be seen in the southern part of the of the world. We got the northern lights going all the way down to freaking Arizona. Yes, and I heard that. I heard that. It's just out of it's just out of the uh, the the norm to see all these things happening in the heavens. And we're told that you know when things start jumping up and down up in the sky, things start getting attention to the sky, the signs of the wonders, then you know that something is afoot. Yes. We could, we could and, call it, um, we could call it biblical. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's biblical. It's, it's, it, or it's meant to be, uh, they, you know, just like when Columbus fooled his men, they were going to mutiny. And he said, well, if you mutiny, I'm going to make the sun go dark. And he knew that the sun was going to eclipse. And so, uh, he said, watch, the sun went dark and all of his men said, okay, we were <laughs> sorry. And so he utilized that. I think that's the same thing they do in government. They say, well, isn't there some sort of a comet that'll pass over the sky? Wouldn't that be, you know, wouldn't that stir up a little bit of attention from the, the Christians or from the conspiracy theorists so that we can mock them and say, oh no, this is no, this is no melodrama that we want to play with, but it is a melodrama. It's a huge and they, stage and they play on it all the time. And they, yeah, and they do want to play on it. And I, as I said, I think they're drawing on the energy of it. And I think they're hoping to elevate the concept of, at least I don't think it's a person, but the concept of their antichrist uh, with this anti-passion, yeah. anti-Christian uh, narrative. Anyway, Clyde Lewis, thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. I really appreciate it. Let people know quickly, uh, sure. they can now subscribe to both of our shows at the same time on Aftermath.media, right? Yes, they can. And I, and I wanted to continue to uh, remind people to, um, to subscribe to Aftermath. And I think a lot of people don't understand why Aftermath exists. It does because it, it's kind of like Ground Zero Plus, like Secret Teachings Plus, where you have uh, other things besides shows and podcasts. Uh, there's webinars. You've held a few webinars uh, where you've talked. I attended. It's great. Just a lot of extra things that are in there that if you subscribe, it gives you a, rel- a well-rounded view of what we talk about. So go to aftermath.media while you're thinking about it and sign up today because it, it does support the shows. It keeps them alive because it's difficult now in these times of my feelings or opinions or are are truth try and get the truth out there and it, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of people 
you know, if you rub them the wrong way, if they're a programmer or somebody, they'll just get rid of you. And so, you know, that's why aftermath is there. Got to remember that. What's that? Well, that's why aftermath is there. Yeah, that's why I called it aftermath because it was going to be the aftermath of the the purge of people who were speaking the truth. And uh, you know, it, it happened to Alex Jones. It could happen to any one of us at any time. And you believe in something and you want to see something succeed. I've always been taught you vote with your dollar. And so the success and failure of what goes on here depends on support from the listeners. And that's what I can support. It absolutely does. Aftermath.media. Clyde, thank you so much. You bet. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Aftermath.media. You can subscribe to both of our shows and other perks with the premium subscription. If you're already a subscriber to The Secret Teachings, you can renew that subscription. If you have any questions, shoot us an email. Otherwise, stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We are out of time. We will talk to you on the next broadcast. Mm -hmm.